golf and rock and roll. Not logical, but it is fascinating. Playing down that big old fairway. Don't want no hackers to get in my way. The boys and me got a big NASA going. We were born to drive. It's the Golf Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on FM 96.9 The Game. Hey, bring me another bucket of balls. We love it. And turn on the lights. I love it Because I love it. We love it. Hello, Orlando. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, taking you home. On the fairways of I-4, in the house, Holly G, along with my very special guest, caddy of the evening, John Vieira, director of golf at Forest Lakes, one of my favorite golf courses over in Ocoee. It's great to have you in the house, John. Thank you, Holly. Um, Well, the fairways of I-4 are a little wet tonight. Everybody sit back, drive safely. We're into those summertime squalls. Boy, I was blowing all over the road trying to get here. And me too. Um, but we're high and dry at Forest Lake, though. Yeah. Well, yeah, no problem with drainage there. So come out and visit us. It's a great golf course. One of, one of my all-time favorites. Uh, just opened after I moved here to Florida. And, um, you know, we were talking about it before we went on air. It's a, a Clifton Ezel design. Um, is Clifton. Yes. For for people that don't know, uh, very popular golf course architects in this area. Right. They've done a lot of work here. Yeah. Uh, and um, uh, tell me a little bit about uh, Kenny uh, Ezel. He was at one time a, a PGA Well, he's been player. a longtime PGA member. Um, he's a, a graduate of uh, Furman University where he's a three-time All-American. So he's quite a player. But um, the traveling part wasn't for him. So he decided to get into um, in the golf business itself, and uh, architecture kind of fitted his eye. And so he's done a lot of uh, courses in the area, a number of them. They primary, the primary uh, designer in the villages, all the courses up there. Right. You, you were uh, at, at uh, Mission Inn for a long time before. A lot of years. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. One of my favorite courses in my neck of the woods out mm. there in uh, Mount Dora, Howie in the Hills. Then went to the villages, as you said, and and now at Forest Lake. But uh, you had you played a lot of competitive golf in your day, and um, uh, Webb Simpson taking oh. it to the house at the TPC, slaying the great, TPC. Great tournament, great tournament, solid performance throughout. Um, you know, tied the course record. And, you know, potentially, you know, he's a fifty nine watch for the for a while there, um, uh, but played great and and brought it home. You have played the TPC from I, the back tees. I did play it one time, yes. A couple the of years ago. With Gary Gilchrist, yeah. Yeah, from uh, the Gilchrist Academy yep, here and, in Orlando. Uh, right here, yeah. He's at Mission Inn as well. And um, we had a great day. And um, you really get a feel for what the players are running into there. Not a long golf course, but you can't make a mistake. It's very penal if you make a mistake. And so. you actually birdied 16 
17 and 18. My claim to fame, yes. That's a big claim to fame. <laughs> Brought it home there uh, during that round, yeah. We don't talk about the front nine, but the back nine was much better. 32 you shot. <laughs> On the back, yeah. Yeah, pretty pretty darn solid. Yeah. This uh, this guy can play. So, um, you know, you've as, as I said, you've played a lot of competitive golf. Uh, you know, how do you, how do you think it felt for Webb to go out, yes, a seven-shot lead, but, you know, it's as he as said, easy. not easy. I think he was, uh, it was not as comfortable as you, you know, well, what's comfortable? Uh, nobody had had blown a seven-shot lead. We remember Norman and the Masters blowing a six-shot lead. But, yeah. um, I mean, he just, he just looked so rock solid through the first 54 holes. You know, I was uh, talking to my daughter about that um, the day before, and, you know, she was saying, well, he's got such a big league, do you think he can bring it home? And I said, yeah. I, you know, he's he's a solid player. Um, you know, he had a game plan to go with, and, of course, it's difficult to follow it when you're watching that scoreboard and you see him get such a big cush. A lot of times you maybe play a little bit more safe than you than your game plan allows for, and that's where the mistakes come in. But, uh, you know, he's a U.S. Open winner. Um you know, he had to make the transition from the anchored putter to the putter, the style he's using now, and that might be why uh, we didn't see him quite as much for the past couple of years. But um, he certainly uh, showed his his talents. This yeah, and week. we're you know seeing clearly this has been something that a lot of players have struggled with. And over the weekend, they told the story about how Tim Clark, who was also an anchor putter, mm-hmm. uh, had given him a little tip. I think it was last year, maybe. Um, you know, with with his putting stroke, which certainly seems to have paid off, and we're seeing sort of a revival. I've been I've been watching Keegan Bradley now since the start of the year. I I'm looking for him to break through. He tied for seventh, and Adam Scott, who's been off the radar, tied for eleventh. So. Uh, you know, no. maybe this is going to push some of those guys, give them some inspiration. And they've all found their unique ways of of, uh, of making a change. Um, you know, Adam Scott, as I saw, was was still the style, just didn't have it anchored. Still the long putter style. And um, where Webb is, almost looks like he's gone a little bit with Kuchar's uh, method of, of, uh, of putting. Bracing so, it against the left Bracing arm. against the forearm, yeah. 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 So, uh, but they found their own way and, you know, you know, when you have that kind of talent and that kind of ability and you're not afraid to put the time in and the work, you can, you can do it. Well, speaking of time and talent, uh, Tiger. Mm. <laughs> wow. Uh, 32 on the front Sunday. Uh, at one point, I think coming around the 13th, he was four shots back. And I'm telling you, my phone was buzzing at the fact that uh, and TPC was as well. (laughs) He he was in the hunt. Um, You know, as we say, I I say it's not even about Tiger moving the needle. Tiger is the needle, (laughs) and a 65 on Saturday. um, I mean, it's it was would have been interesting to see a few more birdies, a few more birdies. uh, How that heat would have played in putting a little pressure on Webb. Yeah, it 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 would have been interesting to see. Uh, You know, my opinion is Webb was where he was you know he he was going along doing his job um but like you said it certainly would have been and everyone would have loved to see tiger bring it home and and finish the tournament even you know in a strong fashion you know the shot on 17 was i think as unexpected to everyone as it was to him yeah you know know, his reaction after he hit the shot was kind of indifferent like 
He's just watching and ended up in the water, and he, he, he kind of it, it was looked, very surprised. It looked like he was tracking towards the pin, but it, it, yeah, he, yeah, he, he said to his there. caddy, you know, that it was a gust of wind or something. Yeah, it was. And um, that, that, until you're there, and I, I, I spent a lot of time there last week, when, mm-hmm. when you sit on 17, I mean, those winds mix around. And from the tee, you can feel the wind in your face. But a, a lot of, you know, on Sunday, the, the wind actually was 8 to 10 miles per hour, you know, going towards the green. Right. So it's, it makes it even more difficult to stand up there and you say, Wide how, open area. 137 yards. How does, it, how does it just mess with these guys? In many ways. <laughs> Tell me. You've done it. Yeah. In fact, you had it's, a tap in birdie, you said, that round yeah, you played. Yeah, but it was, you know, it was just one of those shots. I, I, I was thinking to myself, well, I might not play here again, so let's just – Go for hit it. it at it, yeah. Um, but you're, it is a wide open area, and yes, the wind can create havoc there because there's really no buffer, you know. So whatever it's doing, uh, it's going to do. It swirls around, and um, and like for Tiger, it, it's just an unexpected um, wind gust probably uh, affected his shot because he didn't seem to miss hit it or anything like that. His reaction wasn't that way at all, but uh, ended up in the water. And he said he, he hit it, you know, just uh, you know, really perfectly on Sunday. He was really happy with his game and yet shot 69, which, uh, you know, certainly was surprising, but he, you know, he certainly, this, this is the toughest field all year. We hear it. Everybody was talking about it all week long. And, um, you know, this has just got to give him incredible momentum uh, as he sets his eyes for uh, Jack's place in the memorial in two weeks from now. Yeah, and, um, you know, quite frankly, you know, when you look at the Tigers' year, you know, we had a couple of um, great finishes earlier in the, you know, so it's a matter of time. He's such a talent, and, uh, you know, we'll see. Absolutely. We've got a lot of golf talk to talk about tonight with a lot of our best golf insiders. You're listening to. The Golf Insiders 96.9 The Game. We'll be right back. When he shank that three iron and hit me in the back of the head. I can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose. Asking forgiveness. Got the struggler's blues. The struggler's blues. I'm practicing for hours. We're back. The Golf Insiders in the house. Holly G, along with my special guest caddy tonight, John Vieira, director of golf at Forest Lakes Golf Club. How are the conditions out there, John? Well, uh, I think with all courses around, we go from perfectly overseeded in the wintertime, and then we have to transition out of that and get our uh, summer grasses going. So right now we've gone past the transitions and we're moving into our summer grasses and uh, coming along very nicely and they're in good it's in good shape out there. Not only it's it's an easy drive from anywhere in Orlando because it's right off the 429, mm-hmm. so you can shoot up from the west side or the east side. And what I've always loved about that golf course is there's so little there's very little real estate around the golf course. Well, for the longest time since it opened, there was none. And uh, there is a housing development that has come about on alongside of 10 and 11, but that's it. Otherwise, it's still all natural out there, and you go out and you see the trees and the birds and play golf and no houses around you. Well, come on out and see John Vieira and uh, 
Tell them the golf insider sent you, and <laughs> we'll see what uh, what kind of special rates you might get to tee it up. We're gonna waste more, no more time, because we got a lot of uh, TPC wrap up, and uh, we're gonna go to one of our favorites. He was busy all last week at the media center up at Sawgrass. Bob Herrick from ESPN.com. Hey, Bob. Hey, Holly. How are you? Good. Well, um, you know, it was a it was a long week for all of us up there. Beautiful. One of the prettiest, I think, uh, for the final hurrah uh, in May for the TPC. And, uh, boy, Webb Simpson slaying, slaying TPC Sawgrass uh, with that record-setting four rounds. Yeah, it was one of the, you know, it was probably the best weather week I can remember of all the ones in, in May. Um, you know, we had a lot of hot, hot ones, really hot, or, or you know, a lot of rain, you know, or thunderstorms. We didn't have really any of that. It was warm, but not, not terribly so. A lot of nice days, and uh, maybe they're ready to move the march after, uh, after Webb towards the place like he did. I mean, that was, uh, that was an impressive performance, uh, and uh, you know, he made it look pretty easy, obviously, and. And, and he, he didn't even really have to do much Sunday to get it done, and uh, he, that, that's really what happened. You know, he, he would have been under par if it weren't for the last hole, and he didn't. He had plenty of plenty of room to spare there, which is why you want to build a big lead like that, so you don't have to stress out at the end. Uh, but a great putting performance, and um, you know, a, a win for, for for a good guy. A- absolutely, and as we talked about in you know, was talked about all weekend long, you know, his, his uh, moving to the, you know, once the anchor band came in, uh, just, you know, how these guys have struggled. And, um, you know, he, he should probably be giving uh, Tim Clark a little tip or buying him a really good steak dinner. What do you think? Yeah, certainly a, a commission of some sort is in order. Uh, uh, but uh, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's somewhat ironic. I mean, that the, the the anchoring ban really, really hurt Tim Clark. You know, that's a guy who, who, um, you know, that was the method he learned for, you know, from his, from his, uh, you know, really from his formative years in golf. And, and Webb is sort of another guy. He used a belly putter, and there was no indication, um, you know, when these guys were coming up, that that was ever something that was going to be that was going to go away. You know, and and so to have to to have to adjust in in their in their careers, uh, and you know as we saw and heard, Webb really struggled. You know, he he tried to get out in front of it by switching to a short putter, well before the ban went into effect, and and you know really until until about a year ago, just didn't deal with it very well, and not being a very long hitter to begin with, um, it really it really hurt him because now. You know, his strength was negated. Uh, but he, he, he took that tip from Tim Clark. You know, he went to kind of a, uh, a claw grip, and then he, he, uh, he has the, the, the putter grip kind of wedged against his arm like Matt Kuchar does. And this, this, this combination thing works for him, you know, and uh, his putting stats improved greatly. And, uh, you know, now he, now he wins the biggest tournament outside of the majors. And, uh, Pretty, pretty impressive feat. It sure was. And, 
Of course, the other big story, Tiger Woods, uh, certainly looking like he's just around the corner from breaking through and winning, posting two really solid scores at 65 on Saturday. And what appeared for a short time, like he might be on on uh, Webb's heels uh, when he came to within four before he sort of hit the hit the brakes on 14, had, you know, sort of a, a, you know, a momentum killer with that bogey. But, um, you know, give me your thoughts, comments about Tiger. You know, his, his, you know, his demeanor after the round, I mean, you know, very positive. This is really after now seeing him, you know, enough times in the past couple of months up front and personal this really seems to be a tiger that's grateful and, and enjoying being out there. There's no doubt the tiger uh, has a different perspective on things. Um, he, he recognizes how fortunate he is to be able to compete at this level. He was not sure if it was going to be possible. Uh, you know, over the weekend or, or, or on actually, you know, on Friday when, um, when it was looking rather precarious for him to make it, there was, you know, as that round was coming to an end, the cut had moved to two under par, and he was one under. And I remember talking to a couple of media colleagues, you know, with the idea, you know, wouldn't it just, don't you think he'd rather just go home? You know, he's going to, you know, he's, he's not done much. He had a tough week last week. Wouldn't he rather go home instead of being in 69th or 68th place? And, you know, and I, I thought to myself, you know, my, my thought was, no, he, he wants to play. He needs to play. He needs to compete. He needs to try to shoot scores inside the ropes, even if he's way back. And, you know, that 65 that he shot, you know, that could have been a game changer for him this year. It's the first time he shot a score that low in a long, long time. I mean, he shot 64 at the Wyndham in 2015, which was a par 70. He opened that tournament 64-65. But this is the first time he's been seven under since 2013. And, you know, that, that's, a, that's a big deal. And, and it could have been better. You know, as, as you noted, he bogeyed 14, actually, both weekend rounds. That whole sort of been a nemesis for him. Um, and in a weird sort of way, I thought it was good that afterward he was, on Sunday, he was blaming the wet shot uh, not on mishits but on – you know, the wind on 17 and, or, you know, just missing the ridge on, on 14. And, and, you know, that's the old Tiger. That is Tiger, you know, never wanting they, – they never think they miss hit a shot. It's going to be something else. And in a weird way, that's good. You know, it's, it's because, because I think, you know, it, it's, it's his confidence coming through. Now, we could debate – all night that, you know, he just mishit those shots. I certainly think on 17, he probably either hit the wrong club or mishit the sandwich that he hit. Uh, but, you know, he was going for it. He wasn't playing in the middle of the green. He wasn't, you know, shying away from it. He took on the shot that he thought he needed to hit. It didn't work out. Uh, I think those are all positives, and the fact that he was happy afterward about putting himself there was great. And, uh, you know, as you know, he committed today to the Memorial. Um, really good tournament, tough course, place he's won five times. But where he had a bad uh, experience the last time he was there, you know, 
I think that that will be the uh, you know that'll be a great place to just contrast how far he's come. In 2015, he shot 85 there in the third round and played by himself on Sunday. You know that's about as low as it gets. And I think we know now that Tiger was in a bad place physically then. Probably shouldn't have been playing. And um, uh, you know what a difference it is now to then. Absolutely. Uh, we've just got a minute left, Bob. Who are you? Who do you have your eyes on for the uh, AT and T Byron Nelson? Well, you know it. It seems pretty obvious, I think. But I, these guys don't know the course. It's a new course, uh, Trinity Forest. That's where Jordan practices, and uh, Jordan Spieth. So you know, my, my guess is he's got a little bit of an advantage. At least he's played it a few times. Uh, knows a little bit about it. It's a, it's a different type course than what we're used to seeing, very linksy looking. Uh, and if he gets his putting straightened out, which has been a little bit of an issue all year, um, you know, I, I think he's the guy. You know, he shot 65 on Saturday also. Uh, I, I don't think – I think some good golf is just around the corner for him. I agree, and it's going to be a, a fun tournament to watch. As you say, a brand-new Lynx-style course out there in the Lone Star State. Thank you, Bob, as always, for your time. Check out all of his wrap-ups for the TPC on ESPN.com. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, 96.9 The Game. More golf talk coming up. Stay with us. Hey, Harry, thanks a lot for all the security you provide for us. Well, it's my job to keep all those nuts away from you, Jake. That's just the way it is. Don't play in pebble, won't pay the price. I love my Muni, I think it's nice. Swing in the house, drives my wife up the wall. She shouldn't worry, I don't use a ball. It'd be good to just make part. Insiders in the house, Holly G, along with my special guest, Caddy. John Vieira, Director of Golf at Forest Lakes Golf Club. One of my favorites, but I haven't been out there in a while. Well, I don't like hearing that. I know. You have to I'm, come visit. I've been on the IR. You've been on the IR, too. Uh, unfortunately, yes. Back issue. Um, Hate when that know, happens. I do, too. <laughs> wow. So, you know, there were some um, pretty interesting uh, scores on Sunday, you know, with the TPC. How about this for... The three who tied for second, Charles Schwartzel, Jimmy Walker, and Xander, one of my favorite names on the planet, <laughs> Xander Shopley, who was the rookie of the year last year and nearly won the tour championship, um, mm-hmm. took uh, uh, Justin Thomas right down to the wire. Uh, that guy's got game. Tell me about his golf swing. Well, it- he makes it look very easy. He's got one of those effortless-looking swings that just look as smooth as silk and, you know, has a lot of power and just makes it look easy. It's going to be interesting to see what he does in the future. He is, he is a stick. Uh, Jason Day shooting a nice little uh, sort of quiet 68 on Sunday to finish tied for fifth. Now, you know, coming off of his win at the Wells Fargo, with what he said was maybe his C game. Um, you know, I, I think Jason is 
really wanting to get back to world number one. Yeah, it appears that way. He's, you know, he's putting the ball much better. You gave us a little scare there on Sunday, though. He made a swing at it with an eight iron, and uh, I believe it was an eight iron, and, and flinched a little bit. On 16 and, with yeah, the shoulder. Yeah. So, um, you know, he's been a little injury prone in the past, so hopefully there's nothing and he can move forward and, uh, you know, pursue that number one ranking again. I heard him say something that it takes him now about 45 minutes just to get warmed up. Um, you know, between all the things For a he's... a young guy like that? I wow. know. Makes the rest of us <laughs> feel a lot better, right, John? <laughs> sure. Well, we're uh, going to go to uh, our next golf insider. He's one of the best in the business, writing for Pro Golf Weekly, PGATour.com, and the Golf Insider's blog, The Inside Take. If you haven't checked it out, do. Uh, the award-winning blog, The Inside Take, I will add. Jeff Shane joining us on the line. Hey, Jeff. Hey, I, I, it takes me about 45 seconds to warm up because I've never gotten the hang of it. <laughs> exactly. Um, your, your thoughts on how things uh, went down on Sunday with Webb Simpson and, uh, and Tiger breaking through or seeming to, you know, now being Tiger 3.0 or 4.0 or 5, whatever number we're on now. Uh, just your overall thoughts on the finish on Sunday. It occurred to me on Sunday that for uh, uh, something of an anticlimactic Sunday, uh, and, and really the only question was how many Webb was going to win by, we had a lot of storylines coming out because uh, it was a tour de force by Webb Simpson, and, and, and we've been kind of looking for that in recent weeks, at least I had, because I had seen that, that he was starting to pepper the leaderboards a little bit more. We, we've seen... That Tiger can is still continuing to improve. He's just got to figure out how to put four rounds together. And also with Justin Thomas ascending to number one, uh, it took him just two tries to get uh, two opportunities, I should say, to get to uh, knock uh, Dustin Johnson off the throne. So a lot of buzz coming out of a tournament that was won by four shots. Absolutely. And, yeah, Justin shooting a little 66 on Sunday uh, to claim that number one spot. Uh, but as uh, we were saying just coming into this segment, I think Jason Day has just had his sights on getting back to number one, don't you? Uh, I think so. I, I, I think that he might have been one of those guys that was the most happy to see the calendar turn from 2017 to 2018 and get all of the bad vibes and put them in the past and and look ahead and, and see what he can do in the new calendar year. And he came out and he got a great early result with the playoff win over Alex Noren at, at Torrey Pines, and he had a runner-up not long after that. And, uh, and then he goes to Quail Hollow, which is a major championship venue, and wins on another tough golf course without his best game. And you, you can kind of tell he's got that glint in his eye, and he's starting to feel like everything's starting to come back. And obviously he lost ground with the lost year, but I'm with you. I, I, think, I, I think maybe of all the players out there, um, being number one means more to him than just about anybody else. I think for everybody else it's, let me win some tournaments, and if I get to number one, that's great, but I want to build up my win total 
not that Jason Day doesn't want to win, but I, but he's the only one that really talks openly about I want to be judged the best in the world. Yeah, he does. I I mean, I think it's you know one of those deep burning um, desires. Uh, speaking of uh, just fantastic play, as we're turning the corner now to the U.S. Open at Shinnecock, Brooks Kepka making that albatross the double eagle on 16, shooting nine under, another 63. That's the ninth one at the TPC, making that course look uh, a little, you know, easy. Ha ha. Well, they can't move the tees back anymore, so I guess they have to tighten the fairways or something. But I, I do think that that this week was one where we can say now Brooks Kepka is over the injury and he's ready to go. Because if you recall, he had a little incident on Thursday in the warm-up where he had to put the brakes on a swing uh, to avoid beaning a, a cart driver that wasn't paying attention. And uh, you know, for, for any of us that play, you know how hard it is to put the brakes on the swing after you've started up top. And, and he tweaked his wrist, his wrist a little bit in the process, managed to get through Thursday, managed to get through Friday. The pain started, uh, uh, not really pain, but discomfort started going away. And then he comes out and just you know, lights it up on Sunday. And, and you know, when you shoot 63, you're not feeling anything. You know, I'm sure that had something to do with it, too, but... Boy, he, he played really well and just in time, you know, with the U.S. Open now, what, four weeks away, five Absolutely. weeks away. Absolutely. So uh, we're back to uh, the Lone Star State for the AT&T Byron Nelson. Um, of course, home field advantage, so to speak, uh, for um, Jordan Spieth, but new venue, Trinity Forest, and I know you, you've been – checking out a little bit about this new track, a Crenshaw Coeur design. And we know uh, those guys are all about the, the art of design. Uh, fill us in a little bit about this. It's going to be a fun, fun course to watch these guys play. Yeah, well, when you get off the air, you can check your e- email and, and see the blog that I wrote uh, about this place, which I'm calling Trin No Tree Forest because it's a complete misnomer. It, it doesn't have a single tree on 160 acres. Uh, it, it looks like a windswept prairie, or some people say it's a lynx-like course 300 miles from the nearest shoreline. Uh, but what it is, is it's built over the top of a huge landfill in southeastern Dallas. And uh, so uh, they, they had certain limitations that they had to work with. And one of those is once you cap a landfill, nothing can break the cap. So tree roots, bad thing. Can't plant a tree, can't plant a lot of stuff, um, nor can you, you know, put a pond in or run a creek through because of, of the danger of doing all of that. So they were very limited in what they could do, and this is, uh, this is going to be something that you don't see, you know, except if you're playing maybe Whistling Straits or Chambers Bay or something like that, uh, or you're playing the Open Championship over on the other side of the pond. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how those guys adapt to this golf course, which is all just kind of rolling prairie with 88 bunkers and uh, pick your line and good luck in picking your line with no trees or anything to uh, uh, to, to look at. But uh, I, I'm going to be completely intrigued by how they play this golf course here this week. 
I was intrigued by the fact that Jordan said this was a golf course that you were going to have to attack from the air, that it was not a bump and run, as we expect in link-style courses. Um, so, so that, I thought, was an interesting comment. And then probably the most unique feature on this golf course, right, is this double green, 35,000 square foot. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, you can play a lot of football on that green. Um, you know, hold practice, uh, you know, when, when, when it's not being used by golfers. But, yeah, I think that kind of contributes to the idea that, that it, it's got a Lynx-like feel. And um, it, it, it's uh, for what they had to work with. Uh, and, and Bill Corr has been very honest in talking about the challenge of trying to build a golf course on the top of a landfill where you cannot dig down. Uh, I, it, it looks intriguing in the photos and the aerials, and uh, uh, I think they've done a great job with what they had to work with. Yeah, absolutely. So um, given that, you know, for, this is a place where Jordan practices, supposedly, um, do you think, you know, that's going to give him a little edge on the field? Uh, tell me a little bit about uh, who, who's in the field and who do you have your eye on? Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of a wait and see year for this tournament because uh, it wasn't it didn't have that great a turnout anyway, and everybody's kind of skittish whenever a tournament goes to a new place, especially one like this. So there's only six of the top thirty in the world there, and two of them are Texans. So I think there's going to be a lot of word of mouth afterward. But and and there's you you can't base it on anything that anybody did at Las Colinas because they're so different. Uh, but I'm I'm going to look at guys who are Texans and, and kind of know how to play in the wind and and across open spaces. So I think Jordan's got a chance, but his putting worries me, uh, especially on greens that are going to be as undulating as, as Crenshaw and Coor have built them, and, and that worries me more than anything else. I think Jordan will probably be great tee to green, but will he be able to putt on this golf course? Uh, I am actually looking at another Texan as my favorite, and he was runner-up last week at, at the Players. I think Jimmy Walker's health has finally gotten to the point where he is playing really solid golf again. Two of his last three finishes have been top fives. Yeah, that's a great pick. Uh, somebody I got my eye on, because he certainly knows how to play in the wind, is Sergio Garcia, who's in the field. And Matt Kuchar. Hey, I think this guy needs to take a break. How many tournaments in a row has Matt played? <laughs> he needs to go home and, you know, have an umbrella drink. Well, and, and he might after this one. I don't think he's, he's in the field for Colonial, and he does, he does like to play a lot of tournaments. So, uh, uh, but, but, you know, good for him. I'm sure a lot of people would like to see kind of a Burkdale rematch, Spieth and Kucher in the final group on Sunday at, at Trino Tree Forest. Uh, that might be a rather interesting. I'll, I'll throw another name at you that, that we're all familiar with. Uh, the uh, Arnold Palmer Invitational champion from last year, Mark Leishman's one of the best players out there when the wind's up. Well, it's a great field, uh, even coming off the players. And as we know, because uh, these guys are good and <laughs> this tour goes deep. So uh, it's going to be a fun one to watch. Thanks, Jeff, always. And check out his new blog right on the inside take at thegolfinsiders.com. Thanks, Jeff, so much. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, 96.9 The Game. More golf talk. Stay with us. So 
I don't want to take all the credit for their talent, but uh, first I had to teach them to play golf. Then I had to teach them to sing. And then I taught them to play various instruments, none of which they do very well. I want my dream. Yeah, yeah, really not so mean. We're back. The Golf Insiders in the house, Holly G, along with my special guest caddy this evening, John Vieira. Director of Golf at Forest Lakes. One of my favorites. Many times. Yes. (laughs) And one of the best teachers. You've uh, kept my game in shape over the last 15 years or so. We've worked at it. Yes, we have. (laughs) Uh, We're going to bring in one of my favorites and uh, co-host from time to time, Mike Jameson from the International Network of Golf joining us. Hey, Mike. Hello, Holly. Hello, John. Good evening. Getting excited. We're heading to Biloxi this weekend, Mike, for the International Network of Golf Conference starting Sunday. Excited about that. Well, I am too, Holly. We've got a great lineup this year, and I don't know if you've been to Biloxi before, but um, it is a wonderful place. Beautiful beaches and great hotels and casinos, and the golf you're really going to be impressed with. Casinos. Hmm. Hmm. That brings up another topic. Uh oh. <laughs> what about um, the recent development with the Supreme Court allowing sports gambling? I'm sure you have a little experience with that, Mr. Jameson. Do tell. Well, I don't, but I know people who do. Um, and I, I, I think, uh, I think it was just a matter of time. Um, what I'm interested in is to is to see how each sport works with this and how each state works with it. I, it, it is going to become a state uh, prerogative, and and then each individual sport will have to deal with it. If the state says, "Yeah, we're a go," I mean, it goes on now in, in Nevada for sure, but uh, it just opens it up to all the other states. Uh, and I think you're seeing some of the commissioners in, in the major leagues, uh, NBA. Uh, uh, NFL, they're already talking about it and ready to embrace it, I believe. Uh, but golf, that's an interesting sport to bet on. I think the way they do it, and I've only heard this, is that they you pick between one player or another for each round. And uh, and that's, you bet one or the other, or one of three, I think. I'm not sure. But it'll be interesting to see how it affects the sport. Well, we know that it's something that Guys love to do when they go over to the Open Championship. Makes that tournament, uh, you know, something a little extra special. But uh, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see what how how they handle it. Oh, I agree. Uh, there, you obviously have a, a group that uh, is always anti-gambling anything, but with the finances uh, being what they are. Uh, need of money governments in need of money that it's a no-brainer i think so we, the other big news we were talking about uh, justin thomas taking over the world number one ranking from dustin johnson after uh, 64 weeks at the top of the world rankings just want to get your thoughts on the whole system for the world rankings uh, i mean you know it's it seems that Justin certainly has been the hottest player, at least, you know, in the last year. You know, everybody's got opinions about this. You know, uh, it kind of started as a marketing tool, really, uh, I think, by IMG, if I remember. 
But your your thoughts on the whole world ranking, Mike? I I think the fact that I didn't even realize Dustin Johnson had been number one for that many weeks in a row kind of reflects my opinion of the whole <laughs> ranking system. Um, I agree with you. Justin Thomas has been the best player from week to week, I think, and month to month, tournament to tournament, uh, over the last six, eight months. And I don't think there's been any question about that. Dustin has had his moments, and he had his moments at the right time, I suppose, based on this formula. Uh, but I, I, I just don't know. I, I think they need to take a, another look at this and figure out the way they evaluate players and and kind of divvy up the points based on what tournament it is and what time of year. Um, because Dustin, you know, he kind of, to me, he's he slept, kind of slept walked through that tournament this past weekend and uh, hasn't been around much lately, so hard to tell. Oh, and speaking of other uh, promotional uh, experiments, the super groups for the TPC on Thursday and Friday, uh, not faring too well. Mickelson not making the cut and Rory not making the cut. Some some big names that went home, and uh, were you were you surprised? You know, I was a little bit surprised, but that golf course does that. Uh, I think it brings out that type of player. Webb Simpson, Webb Simpson was the, I guess, the shortest hitter in the field based on statistics, and one going away. So, with the the type of golf course it is, the type of penalties you have, the type of sometimes bad bounces from good shots or sometimes good shots from bad bounces. I, I think it's hard to predict who's going to play well there. And I, I think the fact that Phil went home early and had a really terrible first round. And um, Other than Tiger, none of the really big names in those super groups uh, fared that well. I guess Jason Day did for a while. But, uh, again, I think it's the golf course and the personality of the golf course that, that does that. So they're uh, playing the ATT Byron Nelson, of course, a, an iconic tournament named after Lord Byron. Um, anybody you got your eye on for this week and weekend, Mike? Somebody that might break through? Another first-time um, winner? I got to tell you, Holly, I got my eye on Biloxi right now. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. <laughs> uh, I have not spent much time this week getting ready for the, the pro tour, unfortunately. Um, um, I, I couldn't even begin to pick somebody. I'm sorry about that. But um, but I can tell you who's going to win in Biloxi, and that will be you. Ah, you are a wise man. <laughs> um, so tell us briefly, we've just got about a minute left. Um, what, what about the golf course we're going to play up there? Uh, Shell Landing is the first one. It's a Davis Love design that goes through the marshes. Uh, it's just a stunningly beautiful golf course. And uh, and then on Wednesday, we're playing the Oaks. And uh, that's more of an inland golf course, uh, more of a traditional layout. And I think our folks are going to enjoy both golf courses. Uh, as long as this weather, which I think the weather in Biloxi right now is kind of like the weather here in Orlando. So we've got to keep our fingers crossed a little bit. Uh, I think... Once this front moves out, we should be free and clear, and uh, and we know what happens. It kind of sucks all the humidity out, and I'm hoping it's just going to be uh, beautiful and cool temperatures. Thank I'm you. I'm holding you to that. Thank you, as always, <laughs> MJ. Michael Jameson, the International Network of Golf. We'll see you Sunday in Biloxi. And Thanks, Holly. John Vieira, 
We appreciated My pleasure. your time today. Go check out Forest Lakes Golf Club, one of the prettiest in Ocoee. Tell them the Golf Insider sent you. And uh, quick picks. I'm going with Sergio Garcia this weekend. You know, I have a thing for Sergio, so I want to see him break through. And he's a good player in the win. Well, Jordan's got the edge. He's been there, played it. Ooh, Jordan. Mm. I like that pick, too. The Golf Insiders. Check us out. We'll be back next Wednesday. Check out our blog, The Inside Take, at thegolfinsiders.com. Check us out on Twitter and on Facebook. We got a tea time. We're out of here. Bye-bye.